0: It's all about finding the value though. I tell this to our folks all the time. I never want to be just another cost of doing business. I want to provide true value to every organization that signs up on our platform. So whether you're small or large, we want to understand what are the issues that you're dealing with and how can we craft our solution around that and make sure we unlock value for you.
1: Good morning. We're here doing short takes on tech at the IFP Global Show in Orlando. So I'll start now with our next guest and I will turn it over to you, Justin.
0: All right. Thank you, Bonnie. Isn't it nice to be back in uh, person at this is. show?
1: It is. This is so amazing. You
0: know, what is it, three years now that uh, that we've been waiting and what the hurricane last year that, that uh, delayed us. But it's just so nice to be back in person, networking with people, yeah. seeing familiar faces that we haven't seen, you know, in person before for a while. So it's just great. Yeah, so happy to great. happy to be here on the podcast, uh, representing Highland ag solutions, you know, a little bit about us, uh, you know, we're a, a software company that's dedicated to providing solutions for, you know, the ag industry, our background, really, we started uh, 20 years ago as a little packaging company, um, in central Florida and, uh, Steve Maxwell and his partner, John Durham, they purchased the company and just a little distributor, you know, uh, providing clamshells to the strawberry guys here in Florida. And uh, we grew that company to um, over $100 million business and one of the largest uh, packaging manufacturers in in the Western Hemisphere. And uh, along the way, just met so many wonderful people, had so many great customers. And uh, and Steve said, you know, what else can we do for this industry? And uh, so he started talking to our customers and, and asking, what are the needs? And, uh, and it was a resounding, you know, we need help in technology. We need help with compliance. So
1: when was that?
0: That was uh, 2015. 2015. That's uh,
1: such an amazing approach. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems obvious, but um, it so much technology has come from the other way. That's and right. So I just love that story. That's
0: that, right. Yeah. Well, there's if you think of ag tech and when it when it really first blossomed, a lot of investment dollars go to the commodities, right? The the big road crops: your yeah. corn, your wheat, your soybeans. And you can talk to four or five farmers in Iowa and have you know million acres, you know, under your exactly. belt right there. So if you're, uh, if you're from Silicon Valley, you've got a product and you want to try to fit it in the industry, you go talk to those guys and you can scale pretty quickly, but our heart and soul was in the fresh fruits and vegetables, right? Uh, we made packaging for, you know, berries for tomatoes and so on and so forth. So that's a very fragmented industry still. So it's, uh, it's very difficult and Highland. Knew it. Yeah, we knew it. We, yeah. we like difficult at Highland. <laughs> And uh, and so, you know, but we said, you know, if it's, if it's easy, everybody's going to do it, but they're so fragmented and there was such a need that we're like, all right, we're, we're going to go, we're going to go start up another branch of Highland, another part of our family of companies. And uh, we're going to develop solutions for, for those growers and uh, try to help them more professionally run their business. You know, especially if you're on the smaller scale side of things, right? You're, you're a small mom and pop or, or you're just getting to that next level. Um, helping them more professionally run their business, and then you get the enterprise companies that have been around for a while, but they still need solutions too, right? I mean, so uh, so it was just great for us to be able to get in and talk to talk to those customers, talk to those people, understand what are those needs, and then develop and craft solutions around that. And a lot of our people that work at Highland come from the industry. My family still farms here in Central Florida, um, so we're we're hooked to it. We're tied to to the soil, if you will. So it's just a different approach, and um, and that's where we're at today.
1: What is the problem you're solving? What does your solution do?
0: So, so we first started around compliance, right? So, so food safety, obviously, with all the regulations, you got FSMA, you got uh, the new era of 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 food safety from the FDA coming out. So there's there's always things changing there, and and trying to keep up with that. And uh, and so we said, all right, what if we could digitize this, right, and uh, create a a solution to where it uh, it creates discipline in the in the business? It's scalable, right? So you start uh, adding different farms. Uh, you start picking up outside growers in your deal. You're growing your business. How do we scale that without having to, you know, make thousands of copies of paper exactly. and binders and yeah. travel to all these different places and and make sure that it's happening right? Let's digitize that. Let's streamline that whole workflow and uh, and empower the food safety prof- professionals to create that discipline and push that through the organization. So it's going to streamline things. It's going to you know save a little bit of money too, and travel and and, uh, and so on and so forth. And then we said, okay a lot of times especially with the smaller farmers why did you make that decision right well that's what daddy did that's what granddaddy did a lot of times and it's a lot of tribal knowledge up here in the head right so how do we get that from from them and put that into some sort of software that helps them become sustainable and and allows them to continue to go right is Be- this
1: beyond food safety or yeah
0: so 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 we said all right we got food safety and yeah. and uh, now let's get into farm management okay. right farm farm workflows and uh, so we have a, a product called uh, Crop IQ, and uh, and it helps them manage all the all the things that go on in the farm, right? Uh, from from seed all the way to harvesting, um, they can manage all their inputs, um, they can track all their spray records, all those things. And uh, and the beautiful thing is we've tied that in and integrated that with our food safety platform, our FS365. So all that talks to each other, right? Say so you go out and you uh, you spray a field today, and you've got a PHI or REI issue and somebody tries to do a pre-harvest log in that field, it'll pop up and say, no, you can't go in that field today. You know, you you just sprayed a day or two ago. You got to wait a certain amount of time before you can go back in, right? So just that discipline and uh, and, and having it all interconnected. Um, so we're, again, we're able to, to provide that as one platform now and uh, and it really seeing a lot of benefit with, uh, with many, many customers. We've got hundreds of customers, thousands of users on it, and it's just making a big difference in their operation.
1: So when you are trying to sell that product, who do you talk to? Do you talk to the owner, the food safety person, the compliance person, the that's, IT person. Yeah, like, yeah,
0: that's that's a great question. Well, It depends on the size of the operation, right? Yeah, because that'll
1: be the same person, right? Yeah, it, it may be <laughs> right because
0: they they're wearing multiple hats yeah. if, if you're talking to a smaller organization. But uh, the solution is scalable from the the mom and pops all the way to an enterprise as big as you can get, right? Um, so if you're talking to the mom and pops, you're talking to the guy that's wearing all the hats. Uh, if we're a little bit larger then you're talking to a food safety professional manager um, they probably still have to get the buy-in from from the owners or whatnot but um, how do we make their life easier right and then uh, and then sometimes it just goes up you're talking to more of a group of people that have to um, they have to carry out all these duties so it really depends on on who your who your approach is but uh, yeah like i said it's scalable so you got the small guys all the way up to enterprise and and it may be a quicker sale with uh, some of the smaller guys and and uh, it may be a longer sales cycle with some of the others but Uh, It's all about finding the value, though. I tell this to our folks all the time. I never want to be just another cost of doing business. I want to provide true value to every organization that signs up on our platform. So whether you're small or large, we want to understand what are the issues that you're dealing with and how can how can we craft our solution around that? and make sure we unlock value for you, right? So that's another approach. We're not just out here trying to say, oh, you need to use it, just, and here's what we do. Yeah. No, we want to understand what are the the issues that you're dealing with, and how, how can we come in and, and help and, and unlock that for you?
1: So what's the training and adoption process for that product? Does it take, um, I'm sure it depends on the sophistication or, the wrong word. It depends on how familiar people are using those kinds of tools. So yeah, what that, does that look like?
0: That's right. So, so we say, so first of all, we can support any food safety platform that's out there, right? If you're using Primus, Global Gap, uh, we even do sustainability too, right? So if you got sustainability audits, anything that's out there around compliance, we can help you with. So we identify what are those areas that you need, you know, that you're trying to digitize. And then we work with uh, those companies To uh, We have a whole team of customer support folks and, uh, and they'll set up an in- initial meeting, a kickoff meeting, and understand what are those things we're trying to accomplish, right? Why did you sign up for the platform? We're going to make you wildly successful with that. So we're going to help you um, onboard all your documents um, and create the virtual binders now, right? So we're going to say- Give Is, that, us is your, that a
1: lot of like sitting with them and actually inputting
0: data? Like, Yeah, th- there, there's a lot data. of file transfers and getting it all digitized and set up, mm-hmm. right? And and, um, you know, how do you want your logs and forms to look and and uh, logos and that sort of stuff, right? We really customize it to where it truly is, you know, from a paper binder into a digital binder and, and, um, and understand their workflows and who's going to be involved. Sometimes you do a train the trainer if it's a smaller operation. Sometimes you got to say, all right, we're going to have a multi uh, approach here. If it's a big co-op and you've got a lot of growers that are underneath them, we just scale it to whatever the opportunity is. But we've got a whole team of professionals that understand food safety. And they're going to ask all the right questions. Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? What's your workflow? And then they'll hold your hand and really walk you through that whole process and get you on board. Training is, is priority and paramount for us because if you're not successful with it, you know, then you're going to want to go back to paper and that would be a failure for, for all of us. Right. Yeah. So, so we want to understand it. We want to make them successful, uh, help them achieve the value and see the value that they, they uh, saw when they signed up. Right. So we have a whole team that uh, walks them right through that whole process.
1: And then, is there a lot of follow-up customer service? Oh yeah.
0: Because, yeah. yeah. So they check-ins all the time. Yeah. Uh, so they'll they'll have um, usually a dedicated uh, customer service rep that they can call on at any time. You know, but if that person's out, they can reach anybody and, and get uh, service. Obviously, we support you know, English, Spanish. Uh, oh, so we've really? got we've got you know I've got people in Mexico and and uh, so depending on what time zone you're in, we've got folks that will kind of assign to them. And so yeah, they they get follow up every month or or more, whatever the whatever the objective is. It's really a big hand holding deal, and um, you know whatever level of service they need. Some folks are hey, get us, get us going. We're good. We're self sufficient. You know, uh, check in with me every now and then, and and uh, we'll we'll see where we go from there. Others need a little more service. Uh, sometimes their situation, uh, especially like in co-ops or uh, when you have a lot of members and a lot of a lot of people trying to trying to launch a program like this, requires a little more you know service on our side, but. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Right? I mean, we're here to have a customer here forever. You know, we, we don't want them to leave the, the platform once we get them. And, uh, and we're, we're all about those relationships. And we know this is a relationship business. So we want to develop those relationships. We develop great friendships out of that. Yeah. And, uh, and so we really get to know, you know our customers, get to know their business. And, uh, and that just provides another level, too, for us to say, hey, there may be another way we can help you down the road um, that we're not thinking about today. How can we continue to develop this and improve this solution for your business? And once you have that trust, and and they realize that we're truly there for their benefit and and for value for them, it's, it usually opens right up like a book, and, and they're like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? You know, uh, so it's a it's a great great process, and we love our customers.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting in companies like yours that I've seen that. A lot of times it ends up being more of a consulting company than a software company. It is. Because it is. you have to, you know, but but you've kind of it seems like you've hit this really good balance where it's scalable. Mm-hmm. Like you can mm-hmm. really go to a lot of different customers and a lot of it can run on its own. And then it's more customer service, not like every day consulting, you yeah. know, and, and helping people. So yeah. I think that's a that's that's a sign of a successful company. You know? That's right. Because mm-hmm. otherwise if if all you're doing is insulting and not selling, then you know, it's kind of hard to
0: to make a living during that. that's so right hey we, we still have to keep the lights on yeah, too. so yeah. it's uh, so you know not not trying to to get rich off of them but we still gotta still get to pay our bills but yeah. it's 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 just so rewarding though when you see a customer come through the implementation they get six months down the road and they really feel like they've got control over it now you know especially the the smaller guys um that you know paper is their office is their truck yeah, right? it's the F-150 and they've, got, they've got paper everywhere in there. Where is that record? Where's this record? They got a food safety Where's person. Where's that
1: binder just, back there? I know, they have a food safety
0: person who's breathing down their neck and, and of course, and it's the owner of the company, you know, and he's like, I don't know where it's at, you know, and then you totally transform that into this digital solution where it just it's seamless, right? Punch a few buttons on the iPad, here's your record, and now it's in your virtual binder and the food safety person can see it when it comes time for the audits. Um, we have the virtual uh, audit program, you know, so if you're a Primus auditor, um, you schedule your audit, you want the remote desktop audit in a week before um, your actual audit date, you can give them a password to get into our system and they can review all your documentation before they ever come on site. Oh, so, wow. so the days of sitting around the, uh, the conference room and, and, you know, the auditor usually comes, does all the physical inspection. Then you're getting the conference room for eight hours or 10 hours or whatever, or even longer. Sometimes those days are gone. The, the auditor can get in there look at all your records before And uh, if they have any questions, they ask you, you know, whatever, whatever. But all of uh, all your logs, all your documents are linked right to all the audit questions. So we make it so seamless, so easy to use. And auditors love it now. You know, they're like, oh, if you're using the hub, this is fantastic because we know exactly how to get in and navigate it.
1: That's good for them. Oh, it's great for them.
0: So time saver on their part. Our customers are loving it because they don't have it all. They're sitting in their conference room forever. Hey, where's this binder? Where's that binder?
1: Everything's completely filled mm-hmm. out and signed and yep. all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. And,
0: and so like everybody has unique pins, you know, unique identification. So uh, when you complete a log, you got to put your pin in. And um, <clears throat> so everything is just secure. Everything is organized. It's not like a Dropbox or a Google Doc or anything. It's truly linked. It's it's a truly live system that's interconnected, if you will. So it just, it really streamlines their operation and it just makes it, it takes it to a whole other level.
1: So you recently launched Ag Market Watch. What is what is that, and how's that going?
0: Yeah, so that was a, a pivot, a little different direction. Um, uh, before I came to Highland, um, I actually worked for a, a marketing company it was called Gulf Coast Produce in Plant City. And uh, so I was on the sales desk, selling strawberries and, and veggies and stuff, and doing logistics, doing packaging. You've been doing and, this stuff
1: for a while. For a little bit, for a little <laughs> bit.
0: And uh, Steve Maxwell, the owner of our company, you know, he was in the citrus business. And, and so we just had this experience around marketing and lack of transparency lack of real time information that's accurate and no knock on the USDA guys but you know they don't work weekends they don't work holidays and by the time they get information to disseminate to the market a lot of times it's irrelevant it's old it's it's just not what it needs to be for for our customers for the for the marketing companies so we said how can we impact the growers and provide transparency in markets and not that we're going to change the market but If if you have transparency, can you tighten things up here and there? And can you offer a platform that allows for better independent decision making on the marketer's end? So our philosophy was, if we can come up with a tool that we can offer to the marketing companies that represent these growers, if that can affect and impact their independent decision making so they can make better decisions, then it's going to help improve the market efficiency for all their growers and all those companies, right? Right. So we said, all right, what is the source of truth when it comes to data and, and market transparency? Well, it's their computer systems that they, that they enter and run their inventory and sales, their ERP systems, right? So we're like, okay, well, here, here's a disruptive idea. What if we can get them to, obviously, number one, trust us with the security and, and sensitivity of their data which we've been around for over 20 years in, in this industry. And, and uh, you know, we have a track record of, of trust with a lot of folks. So if they trust us with that, we, we will get transactional data out of their ERP system. We'll aggregate all that for our, our subscribers. We'll anonymize it all. So that way nobody can reverse engineer what anybody's doing and provide a real-time view of the market. And it started as a simple sales solution, right? To see what, how much inventory is out there, how much we're selling for today. But then because we're pulling transactional information, we said, what else can we do with that data? And so now we're able to look into KPIs that have never been seen before, like rejection rates, uh, consignment, uh, sales velocity, uh, what a net report card would be, right? So you see what the gross sales uh, were for the day. But now because we're tracking all this, we can track settlements and so we can see where it actually ended up. Uh, so how efficient you know, is your market? How efficient is your go-to go-to-market strategy and your customer base? So- we so who's the customer? For the, the, the marketers, marketer? the marketers, okay. yeah. And so because we we had a stronghold in blueberries and, and strawberries in our packaging company, we said, all right, we're gonna develop this uh, tool and we're gonna start in berries because we have so many connections there. And uh, and let's build this out for those marketers. A lot of marketers are marketing both the strawberries, blueberries, rads, and blacks, right? So let's build a tool that provides market transparency and allows them to make better, faster decisions and ultimately, that can benefit all the growers and benefit, you know, mm-hmm. their whole supply chain. So, so we set off on that, and we're five years down the road on this oh, okay. uh, now. And of course, we we hired some of the brightest legal minds there are, um, and we went to Washington to vet it out because you start thinking antitrust exactly. and, and things like that. So, we went to the uh, Federal Trade Commission, um, got bumped over to the Department of Justice, and uh, and went through a you know, almost a year long betting with them. Uh, to say here's what we're trying to do and get ahead of it and, uh, and got all the blessings from from those folks and, and launched it back in February of this year. And uh, we started in the Florida strawberry market, um, had significant market share there and uh, we're rolling it out in the blueberries now and trying to you know increase adoption in strawberries as well. But uh, it's just amazing what happens when you know we had our first season under our belt in Florida and, and they had yeah. access to this information and you know you start getting questions, hey, what is this? what is that? What does this look like? What does this mean? And uh, so you're working alongside the sales team, but then you're working alongside grower relations, you know, because they can help make better decisions for the grower, right? What is the trajectory of the market? Do I need to go spray my field again and keep up with it? You know, is there going to be demand? Ultimately, we want to help create more demand, right? It's it's all about delivering more produce to the consumers and helping those growers get more volume and, and get a fair return back to their farm. So if that marketer can see one little piece of data that helps them you know, uh, project and make a better decision. They can funnel that down to the growers and say, "Yeah, the market's still good. Um, there, are, there, there is an opportunity for us to go another ten days or fourteen days here, or whatnot. Keep up that field, right? Spray that wow. field another time, and let's go. And uh, or, or the, just the opposite, right? Hey, maybe it's not going to be good for a while. Let's go ahead and wrap things up and just you know consolidate this down, pick the order, and then we'll transition on to another another area. But
1: and does it look like a dashboard? Is that,
0: yeah, yeah. So, so it's a uh, you know you got. Really nice dashboards, graphs and stuff. The power of it is behind the scenes and the software and the yeah. logic that's built into understanding, you know, every different way a sales order can be handled. You know, what, how, how do we trade in this business? Right. So we built all that logic into the system in the end and, um, and it, it just processes it all, understands what's going on. If it, uh, if it's something that's out of spec, you know, we put it in a trouble table because we don't want to skew the market. And then we're able to communicate with, with that particular marketer and say, what is this, you know? We make sure we protect any kind of proprietary packages, you know, that, that doesn't need to be seen in the marketplace. So we're all about protecting data, um, making sure that it's safe, it's secure. Um, we work in the Microsoft Azure environment, which Fortune 500 companies, yeah. you know, get that kind of protection. So, so it's just uh, it's a novel, very disruptive technology, and uh, we're so excited to get that out there, you know, for marketers to start using. And like I said, it started as a simple sales tool, and it's developed into a full. Business management tool. You know, you've got uh, VP of sales, you've got presidents of the company, you got logistics guys. I mean, we're able to show live freight. You know, whatever information is attached to that order, we can actually show it as long as we have a quorum in, in particular areas. And so, we're able to, to just unlock so much data now that all those teams are using it. Grower relation guys are using it now. And so, you know, I've got some marketers that are saying, "Hey, this is going to be a, a tool for us to go." even recruit more growers and, yeah, and yeah. hey, we're transparent. Here's what's going on in the market. Let's all work together. Right. We can see, we can see quality now too. Right. What's our cost to quality. So our ops guys are held accountable. Our sales guys are accountable. Everybody's held accountable uh, in the business and we're all trying to row the boat in the same direction, if you will. So, we're still uncovering different value propositions as we talk to more marketers, like, Oh, we can use it in this way, in this fashion. Wow. And uh, so we still uncover those kind of things da- on a daily basis. It's amazing.
1: That is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it, it speaks so much to one, the trust, you know, when you started this and you're going to people saying, give, give us all your data, you, mm-hmm. know, you can trust us, but that they did is, is amazing. And, mm-hmm. and that you're in the market and understand the needs and keep, building on that
0: that's that's what it's all about yeah. we, we even went so far as to put a data covenant out there to say we will never sell your data. and for a technology company data is like the lifeblood yeah and we probably cut the value of our company in half yep. by doing that if you will but we're here for the right reasons i'm yeah. not here to turn around and sell your data to whoever needs to buy it right if nielsen came knocking tomorrow saying hey i see value in what you're doing i want to buy your business no we're, we're not yeah. for sale Sorry. and you can't, you can't you can't do anything with anyway, that data yeah. you can't use it anyways right So it's, it's all about putting them first. We're trying to provide a solution for the market. And, uh, and, you know, there, sometimes there's, there's animosity between growers and marketers and are you doing the right job for me? And, and there's distrust in the industry. You know, let's face it, there, there are those kind of topics that are out there. We're trying to provide a solution now that, that everybody can work together. It's transparency. And uh, and let's try to grow good crops. And it doesn't matter if you're here in the U.S. If, if you're you know in South America, wherever you are, that marketer has to provide year-round produce to to Publix, yeah. to Walmart, to Kroger, right? So they need the whole supply chain, and so it's all about allowing them to see the data as quickly as they can and make better decisions faster. And it can impact. Positively, the growers in South America, the growers here domestically, right? You always hear, oh, are we gonna have an ITC investigation about this or that? We shouldn't have to. Let's get on market watch and let's let's push adoption here and we'll be able to see everything we need to see. And marketers can do a better job for all the growers.
1: Great. Well, finishing yeah. up here, what will make a successful show for you? What are you trying to get out of the show?
0: For us, it's about getting the word out, right? Uh we've been around for a few years and and kind of working, you know, with COVID, it, it, it kept you in a box, if you will. You yeah. know, we could all have the virtual meetings, but we're here face-to-face now. We want to show our passion for this industry, that we're here for them. We're here for the growers. We're here for the marketers. Uh, we want to get the word out about our compliance products, about MarketWatch, what we're doing, and, um, and just and drive the buzz and see what we can do. To If we have people interested from this show and we have great follow-ups, it's been a great success for us.
1: Great. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Why, really thanks so much it. for having me. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate it.
1: Going to turn it over to my guest, Cole.
2: Yeah, thanks, funny. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your company?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, my name is Cole Powers. I'm the CEO of an ag tech company in teleculture. We're based in Ontario, Canada, but have office in Salinas, uh, California, as well. And high level view of what we really do is equipment management software for producers. So we have GPS units. Growers plug them into any machine on their farm on wheels, and we automate a lot of the reporting that needs to happen. So whether that be hours covered uh, or hours worked, acres covered, um, and really just trying to get rid of a lot of the paper on the farm to help streamline the operation.
1: Very cool. So what stage are you at? Do you have paying customers? How big are you?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say that we're still startup stage, uh, but we do have paying customers and product and field. Uh, we have uh, a number of our customers are actually here. So that's been one of the great things about yeah. this show is catching up with folks that uh, we haven't seen in quite a while or maybe even never met if we signed them on over COVID. So yeah, uh, yeah product and field uh, folks that work with us down in California uh, throughout North America from a client base and uh, yeah, staff spread out across Canada, U.S.
1: So is it a pretty easy adoption? I mean, is there a lot of work and training that has to go on? or people buy your product, plug it in and ready to go? Or? Yeah,
2: yeah. So it's it's pretty plug and play. That's been one of our big uh, things that we've been really focusing on. I mean, my background professionally was in the automotive industry, but grew up around ag. Just tech being challenging to adopt on the farm was, I think, one of the biggest things that we were trying to really focus on. So typically that adoption cycle, uh, how it looks is plug in these devices in the farm it usually takes 30 seconds to a minute or so. And then with that, we hop on a call with our growers and, and work pretty closely hand-in-hand hand just to make sure that we understand their goals and, and the folks that are in their operation are, we're kind of hand-in-hand hand with them to, to get comfortable with it. But at the simplest form, you get a PDF at the end of the day that says how many acres you covered and how many hours you guys worked and if you missed any rows with your spring. Wow. And that's pretty much it. So that's been a really big success for us. So
1: what does that customer user interface look like?
2: Yeah, so we've got a mobile app and, and a web platform, uh, so it's all accessible um, on just Google Chrome or, or your phone. Um, but the, honestly, the first sort of interaction point for our growers is a PDF report that they get. So the day after they plug in those uh, devices in their machine, they're going to get a quick PDF that says how many, like all the machines that were active and then a map of every single one of their farms and what was done.
1: And what would a grower say is their return on investment?
2: Yeah, it, it varies. Uh, what we're typically seeing is on average about a 4x in terms of ROI. It really depends on how involved uh, the operation is, though. Um, but some some of the low-hanging fruits are just growing into preventative maintenance rather than reactive. So uh, what we do is we'll alert our growers of if we detect something wrong with the machine or if they are due for an oil change, for example. That's a pretty tangible and easy ROI yeah, for them because yeah. if a machine breaks down in the middle of the season or for something that was preventable, it could be a $10,000, $15,000 repair. The other big one, though, is like in orchards and vineyards that we work with, if you have a mildew outbreak and you lose crop, then it could be millions of dollars uh, that, that you're not able to pick. And so alerting on that is it's a bit more risk prevention.
1: So is there a sweet spot of size of operation? Do you kind of fit with all operations or better big, better large?
2: Yeah. So we're, we're typically finding really good stride with like larger enterprise growers for sure. But uh, we do have a lot of family operations that we work with. We love working with sort of all weight sizes of, of operation, but generally like five to six machines is kind of the, the tipping point of like less than that, probably not going to have too much going on in terms of risk. You got a really good pulse, but when you're hiring in a lot of seasonal staff, maybe have 10, 15 machines on the farm or more, then then we really start to make sense to help standardize like what your best practices are for for running the farm. Exactly.
1: So where do you think innovation comes from in the produce industry?
2: Yeah, it's a. I, I love that question. I think that like communication is is so key in Folks that are in the industry and coming into the industry, just coming in with a a huge humble lens, folks like producers, growers, just uh, speaking and communicating openly about these are the problems that I'm facing today. And these are what my operators really need out of their way to do their job effectively. Like, heck, this is we're we're all in this together. And it's such a challenging industry. So just being candid about the stuff that sucks and the stuff that you really want solved and then folks being able to listen to that and, and not get some crazy high in the sky idea of like what you think is cool to solve it, but just genuinely listening to the grower, to the producer, to the packer of what they need solved and, and helping build that. That's that's my biggest one.
1: So I, it, it's interesting to see and in, in living in Silicon Valley, I definitely see this, but kind of that interface between you, you've got to have people who understand ag. And you've also got to have people who understand technology, and sometimes that doesn't live in the same brain. Yeah. And so how how do how do we kind of solve that? Like, who do we need to have out there listening to growers, and 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 then translate that into technology that's actually going to solve some problems?
2: Yeah, I mean, heck, if I had that solution, money I think we'd be doing well. Um, I mean, we're we're trying to do the best that we can, and I, I know a number of companies that are kind of taking this approach of like. Our, our product that we developed, like we didn't do anything clever or innovative. We weren't some brilliant designers behind it. We just worked with our growers. Like our first iteration of project uh, product, we worked with Skylar Farms up in Ontario, Canada, and we asked them what they needed and we built them a couple of things and it turned into a product that we sold to other folks. And then we did that again with Constellation Brands and other big growers that like we just asked them what they needed. We sat down and we spent a lot of time with them and we let our growers design it. Oh, that's I, really cool yeah so and i mean that's that's i that's my favorite part of it like we get out in the field a lot of the time with our growers to, to work really hand in hand and i think if we can continue taking that approach and just like we're cross-pollinating then right like i can come in with some of my automotive tech experience and heck i'm gonna learn the ag that i need from from our orchard and together that's where you get innovation i think
1: yeah so what do you think is kind of Related to that, what do you think is needed to solve some of our biggest problems?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned you're down in Silicon Valley. I think funding yeah. is a really critical component, candidly, right? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, for innovation to do well, it needs to be scalable and it needs to be a profitable business. Uh, you need to create win-wins. And, and I, I frankly believe that investment and funding can really help fuel that fire, I guess, if you will. But as, like with Ag, it needs to be patient too. Like, we're not like a, a, a B2C commerce product that you can have a big 10x growth overnight. Like, Growers need and producers need to see this happen season over season to, to actually tangibly experience that ROI. So patient capital, I think, is probably one of the, the things that I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about.
1: Yeah, and it's hard. Um, this is a conversation in many rooms right now. I was trying to figure out what is the best funding because I think yeah. the VC model it doesn't work for a lot of ag because you've yeah. got to have, you know, you've got to develop the thing and then you've got to test the thing and then you've got to test the thing yeah. again. And, and it's just going to be a little bit longer than some yeah. of the other products. And so I think I'm starting to see as food and agriculture and health becomes more important, you're starting to see more family offices invest, yeah. Yeah. and even private equity get involved. And then I think in the States and I, I'd be interested to hear what Canada's doing, but in the States, the USDA is, you know, putting, uh, billions of dollars into how can we get more technology out in the field and so i think i think we're seeing a little bit of momentum of you know getting off just the vc model
2: yeah yeah no and it's it's quite exciting to see i've even heard of uh, ourselves and, and some others that have like some of their growers even invest which i think is such a cool and innovative model right like then you're having that vested interest in designing the product that you need for your farm or for your operation, and you're you're seeing the upside of it as well. Like that's I think a really cool and innovative model. Yeah. Uh, and, and then to your question in terms of up in Canada, we've same thing. We've got a lot of family offices that are starting to come out, but uh, we do have some VCs that are ag tech focused that are really really great. Like, and I'm super fortunate like with our investors Emertech, they they're an egg focused fund so they come in with that like their LP base is actually all growers up in Canada wow. who are really focused What's on the, the name of it? uh Emertech. Where are they yeah. located? So they're based in Saskatchewan okay. um, and That's they're... where they should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> no. absolutely. But yeah, so the, the LP base there like they they get together some of the most innovative and progressive growers in in all of Canada and I think they even have some from the states that they're all in this because they understand egg they know that it needs that patient capital to come to fruition in the market.
1: That's great. So my last question. So what are you wanting to get out of the show? What kind of value do you find here and, and how's it going?
2: Yeah. It, I mean, the show has been great so far. I, I would already consider it a, a super success for, for our company at the very least. So just seeing some faces that we haven't seen in so long or some growers we've never even met that we have had come on and, and become clients of ours during COVID that we're meeting them in person for the first time. So wow, that, that's, so that's cool. fantastic. Right. Yeah. And just being here uh, with you and other folks, it's, it's really quite magical, the, the conversations that, that happen after hours and and just in the hallways. So that's, I think, a big success. Uh, and then other than that, we are a startup, too. So trying to get our name out there as much as we can. Like, we're really bullish on just trying to be helpful and trying to understand problems in the field. So uh, getting more exposure and hearing more stories of how folks like us can be helpful in the industry is, is really what we're looking for.
1: That's great. I think this is an intimidating show. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, you're kind of a little more in the industry and you've been around. but what advice would you give to someone like a startup that came to this show? What's the best way to kind of engage with the show?
2: Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think it's, it's kind of a blanket statement, but just, just do it. Just try it. Like you got nothing to lose. If you come in with an honest and a humble approach of just trying to be genuine and helpful, then you can't go wrong. And like approaching the show or other producers or clients or investors, it's all the same, same lens. Just, Go out there and, and start the dialogue and be genuinely interested in who you're talking to and yeah. see if you can be helpful.
1: Great. All right. Thank you so much. No, it's thank great you.
2: To talk to you. Awesome. Likewise.
1: You've been listening to Fresh Takes on Tech, a podcast from the International Fresh Produce Association. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show. That helps us keep delivering the latest on produce technology. Thank you for listening. Until next time.